Never had it so good. 101.1 radio, the best R&B and hip hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. 
Talk Radio with the best host in the business. Sports Talk Radio, every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshaies is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshaies has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshaies. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com.
This is James T. DeShay, the host of Thought, Love, and Reflection. Uh, D, can you hear me? Yes, sir, I can. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you fine. Uh, Cheryl says she's having problems hearing me, so I'm not sure what problem is. Um, let me, uh, okay. Yes, sir, I hear you fine. Go right ahead. Okay. Seven. One five one. This is James Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections. Can you hear my voice? Seven one uh, seven one five one. Can you hear my voice? Nine zero nine four. Can you hear my voice? Yes, I hear you, James. Okay. Good. 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 All right, I got a couple people who are not hearing me. I'm gonna um, play a song right quick, and then um, then we're gonna start right in after that song finishes. Okay.
This is James T. Deshay, the host of Talk, Love, and Reflection, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. I am excited to be here today, the day before Valentine's Day. And I sent out a couple of uh, statements that I wanted everybody to spend some time thinking about. And I wanted to give you my own individual take on those two statements. Uh, One is, and I have no idea where it came from, but it is a statement that I've heard a lot of times, and I'm sure it is in some historical book, uh, uh, but I don't think it's it's biblical. But it is best to, it is better to love and lost than never, never to love at all. And my take on that it is, I have been in love many times. And I've been in love uh, as a child, as a teen, and as an adult. Find that love is something that you have to commit yourself to if it has any chance of surviving. And even when you commit yourself to it, you have to realize that there's another person involved And if that person is not willing to commit themselves to it as well, it won't survive. And, you know, I've heard that love doesn't lose. I haven't had that experience. I have known that I've cared deeply for a number of people, some of which who I've married, and some of which who I thought I would marry did not work out. I remain friends with a lot of those people that I once loved uh, because I never did anything that would take them take their friendship away from me. And um, I appreciate that because I do want to remain friends with the people that I've gotten so deeply involved with that we've gotten to the point of friendship, I mean, in the point of lovers. Because I really believe if you care enough about someone to become one with someone, then certainly that person should be someone you can be friends with for life. And I realize that it doesn't always end up that way. But I do know and recognize there is not a greater emotion of feeling than waiting for a person that you love because you get so excited. You're so pleased to see that person. And when you're together holding hands and looking in each other's eyes and you truly have love for one another, there's not a place that you'd rather be than where you are at that moment. Now, I have not experienced that in a number of years, but I'm a hopeless romantic when it comes to that because I long for it to be reestablished in my life again at some point. And I know in the absence of that feeling, I should be working on myself so that I can obtain and hold on to the next love as long as I can. But as much as we want to feel that, 
we know that we have to put something up of value to experience that love. Can't do it without putting your heart at risk. When you come to love someone, you put your very being at risk because that person now holds the key to some happiness that you enjoy. So it is the deepest emotional feeling I think you can have when you have love for one another. I was telling my daughter the other day when I was telling her how tough she seems. She tends to be on men. And I told her that the love that she has from her father can't be taken away from her because we are connected by blood. So in most cases, when you're connected by blood, people are willing to put up with whatever it is you give out because they know they love you beyond just emotions. But when you love someone who is not your family, you realize or come to know that that person is not connected to you for life through blood. They're connected through their will. And so that's what puts you at risk because if they will change, then that emotional connection you have with them can possibly change. And in some cases, you have no control over it. So there's always a possibility of losing that which you love because you do not totally control it. And I long for that again in my life where I'm at risk. Right now, I don't, I'm not looking for a Valentine's gift. I don't have to look for birthday gifts. I don't have to look for Christmas gifts. But there is a loss because those things do bring you joy. And we talked yesterday about valuing that which you love so enough that you don't risk it by doing silly things. So this day before Valentine's, we're talking about how deep love is and how hopeless you can feel when you truly love somebody. And you know you have to take keep things in check. You know you have to keep jealousy in check when you love somebody. You have to keep your your thoughts of them somewhat doing something that you don't think is right because they're a little late. You got to you have to keep that at bay because those are the kind of emotions can push somebody away who does truly love you. Can't let your love go so green that it hinders their ability to love you. So as we talk about this today, I want everybody to be as honest as they possibly can about what it is they they know and appreciate about love and the need to love somebody. And again, we've experienced all different types of love, and we should know by now that lust doesn't even come close. I mean, you can lust for somebody and enjoy the lustful kinds of things you all might do together, but that will not come close to the emotional attachment 
to somebody you truly love. See, what, what is your thoughts related to the fact that you is to love and lost the never to love before? Well, first of all, James, I want to tell you that uh, this is an awesome topic. Awesome topic is a topic that has to be had, uh, especially moving forward, uh, going into the new era in life that we all so long for. Uh, you know, we talked about, uh, we touched upon the the essence of love yesterday. And But uh, before I uh, dabble into that, I want to piggyback on something that you said right away, uh, the difference between lust and love. Uh, the difference between lust and love, uh, when you're in lust with a person, or you lust after a person, um, after after the honey after the honeymoon stage of that lust, then you have nothing. Because along with after the honeymoon stage, uh, there's a lack of conversation. Then if you have a lack of conversation that goes along with a lack of lust, once that lust is lost, you have nothing. That's the whole. That's one of the differences between love and lust. But one of the other things about love is love demands to be respected. You have to respect the emotion of love. Because if you don't respect it, you will abuse it. And it it doesn't take a whole lot to abuse it. You can actually, like you said, you can ask the wrong question at the wrong time. And they can throw that supposed relationship that have that has a tendency to be a loving relationship, but again, if you don't study the art of love, then you will ask the wrong questions. Like, for instance, um, how many men have you had in the past? That's, that's the wrong question. You don't ask the question like that. If you if you have a tendency or if you have a um, an idea that you may be in love with this person or this person is a good candidate for love, okay, let's go let's go there. If there's a person that's a good candidate for love, certain questions and certain certain arenas and certain certain things that you should not even say. Like for instance, again, if you all are very um, compatible in the bedroom. Okay. If you're very compatible with a person in the bedroom, you can't ask the question, have you ever did that to somebody else before? You don't ask that question. So when a person wants to be a good candidate for love themselves, they have to understand that love has to be respected. The emotion of love has to be respected. And to me, love is an art. So you have to a person has to be a student of the art to know how to give love in order to receive love in return. And quickly, I want to say that the other person now you can be a student. Of, you can be a student of the of what it takes to be a loving person. The other person can, can have an idea of what that might be, and they may fall short of your expectations. If that's the case. 
then we have to learn to accept that person for who they are and to help them along by way of giving examples, not ideas and not suggestions, but examples, be an example of what love should be like. And then they're hoping all of that they'll catch up. Thank you, James. You know, I'm I'm glad that you said that because I think all people should be students of love. I think we need to find out or spend some time truly understanding what love is and how it needs to be protected. Because if you do not understand what love is and how it needs to be protected, you're it is possible for you to do something that would harm it irreparable. And what I mean by that, when two people first get together and they're getting together and they're falling in love with one another, there is a certain amount of trust that is created between those individuals. And when you do something to mess that trust up, the love can be healed, but the trust will be irreparably damaged. And they may not ever be able to get to that same place again because of the line that you crossed. So you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? Is it worth it to damage this that I feel so strongly about? This that I want to last for a lifetime. Is it worth it for me to do anything that would create a issue or mistrust between me and my mate? So Cheryl, you know, when you are introduced, Cheryl, can you hear me? I can hear you. Are you, you there, can Cheryl? You? Okay. So, Cheryl, when you're introduced to this emotion, you have to take it very seriously because it's like a baby, and I'm not sure if it ever grows up. You know, as old as we are at right now, I'll soon be 58. When I fall in love, my heart aches as though I'm 13. So I'm not sure if love in and of itself ever gets a maturity where it stops hurting. What what are your thoughts about is it better to love and lost than ever than ever to love again? Um good evening everyone and how's everyone doing? Um when I read that I thought about it and I thought about I would have I mean, I would have wanted to love than to have never loved. Um, To not to know what the experience is, because if I have never loved, then I would wonder. So, you know, and when you say about love and trust, those are two key factors, because Losing trust can change the feelings of an individual when a person no longer trusts you because they look 
for you for comfort. They look for you for prote- protection. Um, now, and they look for you for that feeling. Now, that feeling is not always there, but when you love somebody, because, you know, when you're in a relationship, you go through ups and downs, but the love is always there. You may not like some of the things that go on, but because you have to work at it on a daily basis, but you, it can go too far. Just like Dee was saying, some questions you ask or some things that you do or you can accuse someone. And little by little, it can change the heart of the individual. Now, you know, I'm like you. And, I mean, I know it's no secret. Everybody knows that I'm married. But I'm not too, I'm not in the situation where my heart so love, where this is the feeling that I want to feel. And, I mean, I know everybody, you know, who's regular have heard me, you know, talk about it before, and this was nothing that I thought I was going to ever talk about with anybody. But just as you say, I long for that feeling as well. I'm in it because I'm committed at this time. Um, When you talk about having that feeling, because things have happened to change my feelings, and that's why I can relate to what Dee said. When you do things, it can start to change the heart. And then it's up to you, the individual, whether you're going to let that person back in on that same level or you're going to put boundaries. And when you put boundaries, you limit yourself. And the boundaries is there because now you're protecting your heart. You don't want to hurt like that again. So it's it's really a very, very delicate thing. But I can tell you the most important thing is communication because we can't assume what the other person is feeling. But if we know what the other person is feeling, then we have the opportunity to work on it. We have the Amen. opportunity to work through it together. In fact, um, the church that I um, that I attend Right now, we're reading the five love languages, and that's because everybody don't love the same. And getting to know different individuals, but I say, and always the biggest thing is communication, because once you start to lose the communication, you begin to lose everything, and then from there, things start to go downhill. From there. You see marriages, they stay together, but they stay because they're married. They stay because they're comfortable. It's not because that they're in love and they really, you know, they really feel the relationship. So that's the, um, it's a lot of different, you know, points and sides to it. But um, 
that's my take on love, love and communication. And love feels good. Love don't hurt, and it's not any pain. And Reverend Smith, love make allowances for bad judgment, but not to the point that you disrespect it. It recognizes that you won't do the right thing all the time, but you will make amends when you've done something that is put it to the test. And when people are unable to to say they're sorry or to admit that they're wrong, they're jeopardizing the depth of the love that they can experience. I agree, Jane. Good afternoon to everyone. Um, listening at all of you, um, I, I'm i going to divulge some things to you, I guess, that I, I agree with you, Jane, what you're saying. Um, and Cheryl and Dee had excellent points, especially about communication, really and truthfully about communication. Because once everything else is said and done, you got to have something else that you can discuss and fall back and talk and carry a conversation about. Everything is not going to transpire in the bedroom, on the countertop, or on the desktop, and all that kind of foolishness. It's going to be a communication. And that's what God gave to us, that we can have a good communication. I long myself, and I'm not going to sit here and lie. I long for love. I The last time I loved, really and truly, was in the 70s. I've been married three times since then, and it was never love. All three of the women asked me to marry them, and they had caught me in my own lies, so I agreed to marry. Okay, so I married them. And uh, I was... I was miserable, miserable. I stayed with one of them for 30 years and had two beautiful children out of it. And uh, she had three, and I took care of those like they were my own. I had no difficulty in doing that and would do it again if just take care of the children. But I would never put myself through the hell that I went through again in that respect. But it, it Love is something that we talk about, but I don't, really, I don't really believe that most of us can actually generally say that it was from both sides. And that is the biggest misnomer that we really run into. Love is a two-way street. It does not work on just one. You can love yourself to death. I mean, but first of all, going back, you've got to really love yourself, and that's true. You've got to care about you. You've got to really love you. And I didn't really understand the deepness of love and real love until I accepted Christ as my personal Savior. And I know you'll say, well, yeah, he's going to always bring, yeah, I'm going to always bring that in there because he is my righteousness and my love and my joy. And I know that I will find peace with the next person that's in my life 
I will be the leader instead of the follower. Love takes a leader and it follows that person that they are looking at and they find out if that person really wants to follow them. They don't grab them by the hand and try to lead them, but that person has to follow them on their own. That person has to reason with each other, a reason together. We ourselves get this thing about, well, yeah, I love her to death, but at the same time, did she love you? Yeah, I love him to death, but at the same time, did he love you? Was was this whole thing two-sided? The two ladies that I was in love with, I loved them to death, and they loved me. It was circumstances. I don't, that's what happens a lot of times in life. Circumstances create a discord between the two people that God has actually put together. I believe that with all my heart. And it happened with me. And the last one was in 1975. And from that point on, I have never really, really and truthfully loved anybody else. I've had women to love me, but I have never really truthfully loved anybody else because I was really hurt from those things, not realizing that you can't live your life from yesterday. So we've got to find out within ourselves, what are you willing to deal with when you consider yourself being in love with somebody? How far are you willing to go? James said it before, love has no boundaries. It has no boundaries, but those boundaries must be on both sides. They must be. Everything involving love is a two-way street, must be a two-way street. And there must be communications about how you're both going to walk this road together. If we don't walk this road together, it's not going to do anybody any good. And Cheryl, you were right. I stayed in mind just like you were doing. I stayed in mind knowing until my girls came to me and said, Daddy, how can you stay here? And I said, I stayed here, baby, because of you all. And my daughter said, don't you understand you put all of us through college. Now it's time for you to be happy. Two weeks later, I moved out because I I, I just I, I was glad to hear that from my girl. I was stay when you stay into something for the wrong reasons, you're just going to destroy both you and the person that you're staying with. So love must be a two way street. Everything got to be two. It's not all this fifty fifty junk I hear people talking about. It must be 100-100. Because if you're only giving me 50, what you going to be doing with that other 50? Okay, so that's the way I feel about it. And most of all, love God. If you put God in your life, believe me, like right now, I could make a woman the happiest person in the world. If she would, But if she don't, she, gonna, she can't come this way. Keep on moving. Like I said yesterday, I still got a lot of fire in this old man, but I ain't finna take no jump. I'm gonna keep right on. 
I'll keep right on staying by myself before I left. But it's got to be God said what? What did he say? When you leave your mother and your father, you become one. There's no separation. You got your bank account. I got my bank account. We got a bank account together. All that kind of foolishness. I am not going to tell you what I make. You don't have to tell me what you make. We don't have You pay your bills. What kind of foolishness is that? And people get married on that job. He said it the best when he said, it ain't number flesh. But when that flesh get done, what are you going to do? And I'm through. Go ahead. Reverend Sip, you know, it is so important that people realize that they should recognize those things, uh, those traits that will not allow them to love someone indefinitely. And just like you say, I truly believe that unless you've got a love for God, it is hard to deny yourself all those things that human beings have to deny themselves in order to make a, a relationship last. Amen. And there's so much to learn and appreciate and respect about what love is and the value of love and how you need to do what is required for your spouse beyond yourself. Because if you're not willing to go beyond yourself, and self always has to have its place, then you're not going to be willing to commit enough to that relationship. That's right. You're not going to be willing to do everything that must be done in order to make the other person happy if self always gets in the way. And so, Cheryl, as we talk about the need to appreciate the value of this emotion, we have to ask ourselves, am I willing to give you more despite uh, despite my feelings? Am I willing to put you first? Am I willing to be quiet when I know I'm right, but I don't want to jeopardize the love that's between us by proving that I'm right? Wow. <laughs> Woo. You asked him some questions, and not that it's um, hard, but um, I guess you're making me think. You're bringing up some things in me that um, that I guess I kind of um, suppressed. You know, and I think about am I being fair to me and the person I'm with when you're not giving your all? Or is one person comfortable just where it is and not willing and not wanting to ruffle in any feathers with the other person in fear of completely destroying the relationship? And when you have two people and they are totally existing in ways that don't even display love because, you know, I can love you just because you are one of God's children. And 
take, for example, somebody asked me today, do you really, uh, I don't see how you don't really have hate in your heart for your ex-husband seeing what he does to your son, you know, not wanting to spend any time with him, not wanting to be a part of his life, not being forced, you know, and angry to do anything financially for him. And my question, my answer was no. When I see him, I embrace him just as though he's my best friend. Because long time ago when he didn't do those things, and now, although I see the hurt and the pain, I gave it to God because he can handle it much better. So sometimes we are in relationships, and just because you show one type of love, it does not mean that you are um, are really in love and committed. When I say committed to being in love, you may be committed to the relationship, but you're not really committed to being in love, staying in love, doing whatever it takes, working through those things, and coming to a common ground, is that every so often, you know, every couple of months, you should come together and, I don't know if you the right word is negotiate, but negotiate things that may bother one person and the other person is not aware of. So now we're going to bring it to the table and clear it, and we're going to negotiate a way that's going to make both persons, because that's what starts deteriorating the relationship. When one person thinks that they are really happy and think that everything is okay, but the other person is dying inside. You know, so there's so many different things, and it's a job. It's a job. But me, you couldn't tell how I feel if I'm in love with a person because I show love. And it doesn't matter how bad you have treated me. It doesn't matter how bad you've treated my children, your child. But the simple fact is I don't want to block any of my blessings. And I look at the face when I do a person like that. I look at them allowing the enemy to use them. But we all are brothers and sisters in Christ, and we are supposed to love each other. We're not supposed to act like it. We are supposed to love each other. So that's how I sometimes I see, you know, relationships, they're existing because they show love, but they're not in love. It's not a heart condition. It's nothing, you know, dealing with the emotion of, of the heart. And you just made me think, you know, is it fair? Now, do I communicate how I feel? I most certainly do. I even to the point that I write you a letter out so you have no misunderstandings on how I feel. You have no misunderstandings that, you know, um, my heart is not where you want it to be. I, a, B, C, I explain. So that way you can never say, well, I just didn't know. So, and that's why I say that communication is a key thing to everything. Now, how the other person accepts it, 
You you have no control over that. They can deny everything you said. They can deny all of those things. But um, communication is a, a major, major, major factor. So I guess and we have to, and we have to learn to respect and appreciate what it is another person wants us to bring to the table, in order for that love to blossom. Uh, just like you said, you can't deny what I need from you in order to keep my heart open to you. Now, if I say to you that. There's something about you going fishing every Sunday and you won't go with me to church sometimes or you go fishing too long and can can you reduce it or can I go with you? And you're not willing to negotiate any of those things because I like fishing by myself, then you don't care enough about me to keep my love open to you. If there are things that you like doing alone, I'm not sure you're ready to be married. If there's something I like doing so much that I don't want to involve my wife in it, I need to question why I'm doing it. And uh, a lot of times, Reverend Smith, we don't got to the point where, you know, we want to make obsession exceptions. Like, um, this is girls' night out. This is boys' night out. I didn't. You don't get married to have no girls' night out, no boys' night out. You don't get married to be out after midnight without your spouse knowing where you are and what you're doing. There are a lot of things that required me to be out after midnight, but it was work-related. You know, so you have to question yourself about these things and how committed you are to these things and how committed you are to the person you suggest that you love. I agree, James, 100%. I don't don't know where where we get this new age foolishness from about girls not out, boys not out. You're, You're either committed or you're not. If you want to still be out there with the girls or with the boys, doesn't now don't get me wrong. I do believe in giving you your space. I do believe that. I believe in giving a person their space. If I can't trust you, I don't need you. Okay. If I can't, if I can't allow you to go and do some of the things you want to do without me sticking under you all the time, I don't need to be there because then that's not love to me. Love trusts. Love does not disseminate. And it, 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 it lets you enjoy the freedom. Love really does and lets you enjoy the freedom of understanding. And so how can I say I love you if I don't trust you? That's, you might as well get a divorce right now if you don't trust that other person because it's never going to work. So, but I don't still don't believe if you haven't gotten all of the world out of you, what are you getting married for? I ask that question. What are you getting married? If you have, if you still want to go out and party, if you still want to go out and get drunk and all that kind of stuff without me, 
and all this kind of stuff, knowing that I don't, you didn't discuss all this with me in the beginning. We should have had that conversation in the beginning. That's why now when I am talking to someone, I have a, a priority that I actually sit down and I say, look, here's what, here's my likes and my dislikes. What can you put up with or what can't you put up with? The one thing I can't put up with is a dog in the house. I'm, 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 that's out. That's out. It's hard enough taking care of me than taking care of darn dog or cat or any of those things. I'm sorry. I know it's a lot of pet lovers may be on the line, but I will not deal. That's the one thing I will not deal with is a pet in the house. You trying to make a child out of a pet? If you ain't had enough children yet, you something wrong with you. That's the way I look at that. You just don't need that. And I know that they are good therapy and all that kind of stuff. But I'm your therapy. I'm your I'm your greatest concern. We are supposed to be concerned about each other. The money I'm spending on keeping something else, I'm taking money out of your pocket to give to somebody else. And I don't want to do that. You are the special thing, and that's what we need to learn. You are number one, and we are number one together. So what is the problem with us enjoying each other? Didn't that, isn't that what we got married for? No, James, I don't believe in no girl night out and boy night out, and you go out and get drunk, come in the house drinking, and you smell a perfume, and you got lipstick all over you because you've been in the and, and hanging out with the girls and the boys at the same time, and that's 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 just not respect for one another. I did it, yeah. When I was out there, I did it. But now I know that that was not respect. That was not res- well. I did love them wives anyway, so it didn't make no difference. But it, it wasn't respect. I still respected every one of them, but I acted like I didn't half the time. Because of what I was doing I should have just let them go from the beginning Should have never married But they caught me in a lie You know how you get in a heated situation Oh baby I love you to death I'm going to take you away from all of this And blah blah Yeah baby uh huh Anything you want Molly. Come on And, and I'm a man of my word When you catch me in something When you told me you were going to marry me Oh that's right I did say that You remember when uh, Yeah And I'm a man of my word, and I get caught in it every time. But I stopped that after I accepted Christ. So being real about it, conversation, I don't care. And I'm looking at, right now I'm looking at 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, and it's called the love chapter. And I tell you, if more people would actually read that, 1 Corinthians 13, if we would just read that and adhere to it, then we would understand what pure, unadulterated love really is and what it does and what it doesn't do. And that's all I can say. And also, read this. Read the Psalms of Solomon. The Psalms of Solomon, Solomon tells you, and the Bible tells us that Psalm Solomon was the wisest man ever and ever will be. So if you read the Psalms of Solomon, Solomon tells you how you should treat your wife. 
and basically how the wife should treat the husband. But 1 Corinthians 13 tells you the unadulterated purity of what true love really is. So take your time out. Uh, and read D, those D, let me ask you, I mean, when you are committed to your wife, you have to listen to her tell you or share with you those things that create issues for her. And you can't allow those things to be ignored just because of what you think you're doing. Well, first of all, uh, a lot has been said uh, in listening to the show. And I want to also say that this is a great topic. It's it's a two-day topic, actually. And the third thing I want to say is, wow, because I've heard a lot. All right. But look, let me go back to something that Ms. Cheryl said uh, and dealing with the trust issue. All right. And then, James, I promise to get to, to your to your question. Uh, when there's an issue with trust, and if, if, the trust, if the trust issue has been violated, then um, to, to get back to where one was may take a lot of time and it's going to take a lot of finesse actually to get back to where you want to be but then you have to you have to prove yourself trustworthy again to get back to the love status that you once had um to answer your question um one has to be confident in themselves to to be to be able to do what you what you ask me James one has to be quite confident in themselves that when they hear the, the the truth coming from their spouse, they have they have to react to it like uh, like a duck in water, like 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 a duck like the water run off a duck back. They have to be unaffected by the answer, and that's that's part of the art. When you know, uh, Miss Cheryl spoke about the how love is complicated. It is, it's complicated, and it's dynamic. And so if you are not mature, and and Pastor Smith said something that, that brings this maturity to mind, if you go into a relationship and you think you're ready again, but you still got your past in your head, mm-hmm. and your head is your and your head is your best friend. You 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 are gonna you're gonna talk yourself out of it every time. Or the 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 tedious the smallest thing that this new interest does, your head is gonna tell you, see, that she go again. Or or it ain't gonna be right because she's doing that too. And uh and, and my my new tutor my new tutors say if you stay in your head, you're dead. You got to get out your head. <laughs> You you got to go into this new relationship with a clean slate. Even though we all got baggage now, if we got any age about ourselves, <clears throat> once you pass thirty, you got baggage. Mm-hmm. Once you pass, if you date somebody uh, that's past thirty, she got kids. So you got. We have to know if we gonna take on a person that got kids. We got to know if we got issues with ourselves. 
because the kids that she have, they might get be good kids, but they might be bad kids. But you're interested in her. So what you gonna do? You can't take one about the other. So, Amen. This, so there's this thing now. There's this new thing. Now here's the new thing. Here's the New Testament of life. The New Testament of life is you got to be able to look in the mirror. You got to be able to do, deal with the man in the mirror and the, and the female in the mirror. We got to be willing to do a self inventory of ourselves. You know, the, um, Pastor Smith spoke about the the do's and the don'ts. Well, the do's and the don'ts is dealing with us. What do I like? Or what do I don't like? And what am I willing to change about the things that I don't like? Mm-hmm. When it comes to Miss Cheryl and her situation, I really, really want to tell you how much we appreciate your honesty and being willing and, feel, and feeling confident in this forum to express yourself. Because one of the one of the toughest questions that I have, you know, being a, a person of faith, if I have a trust issue with my spouse, but and she explains that she's in it because she's committed to being it. But there is no love and there is no trust. Then how 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 fair is it to me to to be in it if I know I got a trust issue? And mm-hmm. I, I just throw that question out there because that's a question that I don't. And look, see, I'm a, I'm a man. I I I used to live in in all the insanity that you could ever imagine. Praise God. Praise <laughs> God. I'm the most insane person had that you can ever imagine. The cheater. You're in by yourself. My daddy was a cheater. And I'm shouting because I'm so happy that I have found redemption. Amen. And I've you know, and you know, I, I, I mentioned I've asked the question, why did God choose me after all the wrong that I did? <laughs> to save me and pull me out the hells of uh, the fires of hell, because I was that person. I'm that person. I was that person. But I am, you know. And so, with all of that, I am just so happy to have had to do, to be given another chance. I'm just so happy to, to be given another chance. I, I'm the person that has. That have had two lives in one lifetime, and I have learned that my past is just that. I can't live in my past because if I live in my past, I won't won't be able to give nobody else a chance. And so we all are deserving of another chance. That's I can that's I said all that to say that we all are deserving of another chance. And so when a person come in that's a good candidate, yeah, we got to have the conversation. Without stipulations. That's key to me. I can't have stipulations on what you tell me. And then because if you tell me something that I can't handle, then that's not your problem. That's my problem. I need to look at the mirror and find out what's what's going on with me, why I can't handle the truth about what somebody tell mm-hmm. me. Because like you said, James, real quick, my spouse and anybody that's worth having, is looking for somebody he can confide in, point blank. 
She's looking for somebody who can that she can confide in and who won't judge her. Key point. Thank you, James. Love your show, man. And I have to tell you, you know, a lot of times I feel like uh, the 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 woman that has uh, been cheated on because I have spent my lifetime to salvage relationships or give to relationships that I thought what they needed. But there's some things, like we'll talk about that dog, there's some things that I'm not going to put up with. <laughs> you know, I've been married where mm-hmm. my wife moved out the bedroom and she say things to me like, you know, we're the best of friends and we can be, we can live together forever. And I said, I didn't marry you to have no roommate. Hmm. So now, at some point, if you can't find yourself prepared and ready to move back into my bedroom, then you need to find something else to go. I said, because I feel like I'm stuck like Chuck. I can't go outside the relationship, and I'm not. I don't have a wife in the relationship. So you mm-hmm. don't decided that you no longer want to be a wife. But you want me to remain a husband, and uh, mm-hmm. sometimes we ask too much, you know. And I was, you know, my second wife left home. I don't know how many times, and I allowed her to come back and come back and come back. But there was one point at which I said, "Hey, enough is enough." You know what I'm saying? You know, you can't keep searching for yourself outside of me, and want me to be prepared and ready to take you back. Uh-huh. And so, you know, you know, sometimes you just got people who, again, don't recognize what they have until they have somebody abusing them. And then at that point they say, you know, he never talked to me like that. He, he never threatened me like that. He never, he never um, made me fear for my life. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes it's not until they feel those kinds of emotions does a person realize they left what they valued most. But again, you got to allow people the freedom to leave. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't time up them from themselves. So Cheryl, that's what I meant when I said, you know. No matter how much you're willing to give and how much you're willing to commit, there's another person that has to be willing to do the same. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> um, you're right. And I, I'm, I'm saying that because, again, as I listen, I think about. Um, not that I don't think about a lot of the things. Um, you know, on a daily basis because I'm living it. And, um, you know, there's some things, you know, just like Pastor um, Smith said about, you know, a dog. Um, One thing that I made very, very clear is that I don't want to be married to somebody that smokes. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but it was that I found out, I mean, I was told I did what I had to do to get you. So, and I mean, I was just straight out told that. 
And mm. so meant, that meant you didn't do it or you hid it until you became comfortable enough, you know, and then I'm I'm all the way involved. And that's something that I just, that does not make me comfortable at all because, first of all, and and trust me, I'm not judgmental if that's what you want to do. But that's not who I am and who I represent. So mm-hmm. when you stand outside my door, it's the same way as if you in my house, because it definitely can't go on in my house. But if you stand outside my door and that's what you're doing, you know, to me, I mean, that's a reflection from me on me. Because this is my household as well. So mm-hmm. when you talk about, you know, did you did you have the counseling? We had the counseling. We, you know, all of those things leading into it. So it wasn't a question about, you know, am I sure about this? Am I sure about that? You know, because everything was laid on the table. But here's where the trust fact is you lied mm-hmm. you know and that that wasn't fair to me that really wasn't mm-hmm. fair to me. that's why I'm living the way I am right now and I know I have choices I know I can you know do some things different but right now like you know y'all do know I'm coming off of just this is just probably a, just a little over a year of not being sick and not have been able to do a lot of things. So I feel like I'm just starting to get my life back. And mm. somebody is just starting to get their life back. It's difficult, you know. And right now, you know, I am. I'm focusing on me. I'm focusing on being the best me that I possibly can be. So sometimes you get caught in a situation and it's like, well, I'll be darned, ain't this a mess? You know what I'm <laughs> I did, you know, oh, yeah. but that's where trust comes in. So it oh, doesn't yeah. make you comfortable doing the things that I would normally do for somebody I feel if I totally trust you. You know, and like I said, I don't hide nothing. I'm I'm very truthful. I'm very honest. I'm going to tell you how I feel, you know, but if I don't give no responses, like, okay, you know, and I'm like I said, I even make it more plain. I even write it down and give it to you. So I couldn't be no clearer. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, we run into situations that times we – we have to stay put until we can do some things different or or if something drastically change. Well, Cheryl, one thing for sure that I like what you said because I find myself in a position where I'm going through a transition and um, there's no drama in my home, but I do have to get my life back. You know, sometimes we let... Uh, we allow our life to get away from us because we slowly but surely allow bad habits to creep in. And so we have to get back those good habits 
or the kind of habits that are going to get our life back. And that's part of what Reverend Still talked about, by loving yourself. You know, when you're doing something that shows that you're committing suicide, that shows that you don't love yourself. And certainly sometimes when we're eating improperly, uh, we're doing things that are not in the best interest of our heart, not in the best interest of our liver, not in the best interest of our kidney, then we're showing a that we don't love ourselves. So you can't tell me that you love yourself if you're not willing to make an adjustment in your life for better health. And that love can be transferred to somebody else to such a great degree, D. When you show a love for yourself, you can transfer that love to another so they feel special, as special to you as, as you do to yourself. Mm-hmm. Are you there, D? Yes, sir, I am, and I'm sorry I, I, I didn't realize that it was coming to me. But you make a great point, James, uh, because when it comes down to the health factor, factor, especially when we become of age, and I'm, I'm making new commitments daily, I am daily, to try to stay in better shape or to try to start eating better. Now, I live in the South, so I have this Southern cuisine thing going on. But look, um, if we don't, if we don't start to take better care of ourselves, and we're looking to transition and into another relationship, then we only become a, a, a dependent for somebody else to take care of us. Mm-hmm. And so we don't want to be a dependent; we want to be a part of a healthy relationship, and that's a great thing. Um, something that Michelle said, and um. Heck, I mean, it, it, it skips me what what I was going to say about that. But um, yes, so, so I'm just going to stay to the to the to the the question at hand that we yes we have to stay in better shape, otherwise we will be a dependent, and uh, and we don't want that to be the case. Uh, so thank you, James. All right, we're going to take a short break and come back, and. Um give everyone an opportunity to have their final word. Don't worry. I won't hurt you. I
Dame T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections, brought to you seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Call in to 657-383-0309 so your voice can be heard loud and clear without interruption. Uh, Cheryl, what is your final thought for this evening? Well, as I can say, this is a very, very good topic because with each person sharing um, and being vulnerable, it can help others to maybe see where they are and help others to see, you know, what love really is. And I think and I believe, you know, we can't give love to anyone if we don't love ourselves first. That's my final thought. All right. Reverend Smith, your final thoughts for this evening? I'd just like to uh, say thank you, James, for everything. And uh, I hope you don't get upset with me, but I now have a um, a YouTube channel open with all of my sermons on it. <coughs> you can go to it and subscribe. Also, <coughs> put on there your love and reflection and your telephone number so people can call into the radio show. Um, so if, if if that's okay with you, if it's not, I can go back and take it off. <laughs> but, hey, Reverend Jeff, listen, <laughs> you are a true brother and a mentor, and anything that you're doing, I want you to feel free to share with our audience what it is because you bring a lot to the table. So uh, don't worry. You know, we want them to know. How do they find it? What do they put, just Reverend Smith, or what should they type in no. in order to find it on My, YouTube? Okay, just type in uh, Peace Be Still Ministries. Peace Be Still Ministries. So J.J. Smith, and you can find it. All right. And and everybody can see and and um, what one different things I had to have changed today was to take and put the numbers, the telephone numbers, and the name of the show and everything in bold letters so it can be seen real clear and easy. Okay. But it's there. But I just all like right. to, I just like I just like to thank all of you for your candidates, like like uh, Cheryl was saying, and and this has been. When you get my age, and I don't look at my age as being an age because everybody tells me I don't look my age, but I look at self being self. Love yourself, like D said. You got to love yourself. It took me a long time to do that. Love yourself. Because how are you going to go around loving somebody else if you don't love yourself? That's a total impossibility. And the one other thing, and then I'm through. Don't stay into a relationship because that word has caused so many years of people the waste of life and wasted years because I stayed in mine because of my children and I wasted many years of happiness 
And when my girls came to me and told me about it, I left. You've got to think about you're hurting yourself and others more than you're helping them. And remember that God don't want you to be unhappy. And he don't stay in the middle of confusion. God bless you. All right. Thank you so much. Again, I'm asking all of you to feel free to call into the show, 657-383-0309. This is a place where your voice should be heard loud and clear. Take care, everybody. See you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.